All right, guys, come on, let's give Jesus a hand clap. He's wonderful. That's right, come on, give him all the glory. Hey, I, I, I just, I couldn't help but notice they had that Nutri-Meat out there. How many of you got some Nutri-Meat? So I was asking the guy, I said, man, what, where, where do y'all get Nutri? He said, we raise Nutri here. We got Nutri farms. I said, really? I said, well, what's the market for, you know, Nutra? He said, you hadn't heard? He said, man, we raised the Nutra. He said, we got ladies' cosmetics with Nutra. I said, what, what do you mean, ladies' cosmetics? He said, you never heard of Nutragena? <laughs> I said, no, man, I haven't heard that. I, you know, I'm in Baton Rouge. I hadn't heard that over here. And, and then he said, you, and we got another market. He said, we, we got, we into the hot beverage market. I said, really? I said, what's that? He says, man, you never heard of Nutra Sweet? And then his last one, he said he was getting a contract up in Washington. He said, uh, you know, for Nutra. I said, Nutra in Washington, D.C.? He said, yeah. He said, they got a contract up there. That it's a, it's a neutral powered submarine. Can I stop now? Is that a, well, you know, I'm, I'm glad to have Carl Everett. Carl, stand up. Let's give Carl a hand clap. He's been with me 25 years. Great guy. Carl managed 35 Popeye's chickens in his, uh, prime and, uh, in Baton Rouge. Well, we love you guys. Really, really excited. I just want to mention one other thing. I have six kids, five sons. And two of my boys got some tags this year for gator hunting. And they had never, you know, I mean, they didn't really know what they were doing at all. And they went out there, and I want to, sh- I brought a picture of just one of the six that they killed. There it is. See, that's Jonathan. That's the pastor in the striped shirt. And then all the way to the right is my son. He's a CPA. But that's a 10-foot-7 alligator. They got two of those and four other ones in the boat. And while they were getting one of them, it was dragging them across the bayou. And one of them in the bottom of the boat woke up and raised up. And it was hair, teeth, and eyeballs. You know what I mean? And then I want to mention one other thing. How many of you ever heard of Daniel Gill with Ninja Warriors? Any of you? Okay, well, he's a big ninja guy. He just posted this on Instagram. He's got 65,000 followers. And he put the Model Man book and he just said, excuse me 60,000 followers on Instagram all men and he read it and he said it changed his life and that blessed me so I just want to mention to you guys I'm not into selling books I don't think we even have any here but if you want that on Amazon you can get it or you can even download it on Audible and I think it will bless you because that's everything I teach to men I can only give you a little bit tonight I want to just read one verse of scripture because this is really going to help you guys this I'm really coaching you tonight. I'm not, I'm not trying to be anybody big. I'm, I'm going to coach you in, in your marriage, with your kids, with your neighbor, with your friends, with your in-laws, with your outlaws. And here, here's 2 Corinthians 13. Finally, brothers, rejoice. And look at the next three words. It says aim, and you know if you hunt, aim for, say that next word with me, restoration. And then he says, comfort one another, agree with one another, and live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. And then he says, greet one another with a holy kiss. Now, don't obey that scripture right here tonight. 
If you do, I'm going to say back off or I'll cut you. You know what I'm talking about. All the saints greet you. And here's what I'm going to talk to you about tonight. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your blessing. Lord, it's really a privilege to talk to these guys and coach them a little bit in relationships. I ask you, Lord, if there's a relationship in their life that's broken, maybe a son that's gone away from them, a, a spouse that they're having problems with, with, with their parents, with some area of their life, a, a, a co-worker at work, use this short message, Lord, heal America of the division and the strife and, and all of the just chaos that's going on around us, the polarization of our nation. I just pray that you'd use this little simple verse to show us, Lord, how to restore relationships. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, everybody knows that we live in a sort of divided world. Isn't that right? And I mean, if you've been watching TV or the news, you know that it's just getting crazy out there. It's just people at each other's throat. And uh, I got to mention something to you that I came uh, about last year. I went to Philippines, uh, Singapore, uh, several countries, Japan, about 19 days I was over there. And I had this watch, not this particular watch, but I had a watch my wife gave me years ago for Christmas. And this particular watch, when you travel around the world, it sets itself because they've got towers around the world. And when you, when I landed in Japan, I looked at my watch, and, and when I landed, my, my, I saw the hand start spinning. It goes 14 hours ahead. That's what Japan is of us. And it just set because it picked up a tower there near Tokyo. So everywhere I went on my trip, if the time zone changed, there was a tower there, and it picked it up, and my watch changed. It's really cool. I never had to, you know, it's a great watch. Well, when I get back home, I landed in Baton Rouge, and... Nothing happened. It stayed in Japan time. I flew from Tokyo. And I thought, well, it'll catch up tonight or whatever. Well, it didn't. So the next day I get up and it's still on Tokyo time. I couldn't set it. It stayed on Tokyo time. So in other words, my body came back to America, but my watch really stayed in Japan. You get what I'm saying? So I worked with it. I called the, the people that produced the watch. I looked online. I read... Really for weeks, I, cause I love this watch. I'd had it 10 years, man. It was a great watch. I just couldn't get it to come out of Japan. That's, that's all it was to do. It would not pick up the tower in the United States in Boulder, Colorado and set itself. And so finally I decided, I told Melanie, I said, I'm going to throw this thing away. I hate to do it. She, you know, she said it costs $800. I said, Oh my God, I can't throw that away. But I said, it ain't no good. What good is a watch that you have to subtract 14 every time you look at it? So I said, all right, I, I can't help it, sweetheart. It, I'm, I'm throwing it away. I'm tired of fooling with it. I said, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give it one more day. And I, I made one more phone call. And I called a guy in Ohio. He said, you know you have to put it in a window to charge it, right? I said, yeah, I know. It's solar powered. He said, have you put it in the window? Maybe that's right. I said, no, I had it in the window. He said, what direction did the window face? I said, uh, south. He said, no, man, the, the tower's in Boulder, Colorado. He said, that's, that's west, stupid. You got to put it in a west window, he said. I said, oh, all right. So I tried that. I don't care. I'm ready to throw it away. So I put it in the window. 
preach somewhere all weekend. I come back from Texas. I walk in. I pick up the watch and booyah. Come on now. Those hands have moved to Baton Rouge time. And I thought, the moment I'm holding that watch, I started jumping up and down. I ran and I said, Melanie, my watch, my watch, my watch is reset. It's cool. It's, it's fixed. And God spoke to me about you. And, and I love working with men. I love it. That's why I wrote the book Model Man. We've had it in six languages all over the world. So many guys have gone through it and had their lives transformed like that ninja warrior right there. And you know what? This is, this is the thing God spoke to me when I was holding that watch. He said, you almost threw it away, didn't you? I said, I did, Lord. I, 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 was, I was about an hour away from just chunking it in the garbage. He said, people are too valuable to throw away. I mean, just that fast. People are too valuable to throw away. And I, I don't know how many times I've been ready to throw somebody in my life in the trash can. Close the lid and move on with life. One thing I learned about relationships, that broken relationships always come back around. I see it on the national political scale. I see it everywhere. The relationship is everything in your life. And when you die, the banker ain't going to stand up and say, hey, he was a great guy. He had a lot of money in my bank. Nobody's going to say anything about that. The only people there are going to be your family and your relationships. That's all that's going to matter. So why do we let relationships stay broken? And Because we don't know how to fix them. I didn't know how to fix the watch. But really, all it had to do was turn to the tower. And when it turned to the right tower, it was facing the wrong tower. It was facing Japan's tower, and it was locked in. You know, we get locked in on the wrong thing. People get locked in on some relationship they're not supposed to have. Or they got locked in on drugs. Or they, they get locked in on something, and it's nothing wrong with the watch. That's what I'm trying to say. People are not your enemy. That was my daddy's favorite phrase. People are not your enemy. The devil's your enemy. He said they, they're locked into the wrong direction. And, and all I had to do was set the silly watch in a different window and facing the right tower and the, and the hand started moving because inside it was built right. He just got connected the wrong direction. Now I want you to just think with me right now. And I don't know if you already know Christ, if you know the Lord. And you know everything's cool in your relationship. Everything's wonderful. Maybe you do know the Lord and things are not cool in relationships. Or maybe you really don't know the Lord. And you're just facing the wrong direction. There's nothing wrong with you spiritually. Except sin is when we face the wrong thing. And we're going in a wrong direction. But if you'll just turn toward God. That's all He says to you. Just turn toward me. I'll reset you. And there's three ways He does it. It's in this verse. It's it, it, three things. First, he says, this is the message translation, the extravagant love of God. Three secrets of restoration. Number one is the extravagant love of God. I like that, that translation, extravagant. You know, we think God loves us and we start thinking about our dad and our cousins. They, they say, I love you. Yeah, but it's just, there's not much to that. We think of love of God as a little creek or a stream or even the Mississippi River. God said, no, 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 that's not my love. 
Well, Lord, it's just an ocean, right? Yeah, your love's an ocean. He said, no, it's not, not even close. The Bible said his love fills the highest heavens. You know the universe is full of a septillion stars. That's one with 24 zeros. And the Bible says that universe is filled with his love. All he's looking for is a spigot to let that love flow into the world. He's got the love. And it's, and it's extravagant. And I'm talking about you. Every man in this room, God created you for a purpose. I was with a retired anesthesiologist worth millions of dollars, did 600 heart surgeries a year for 30 years, ran in his own clinic, all that, bunch of anesthesiologists. He's 60 and retired. I said, hey man, what's your purpose? He said, well, that's my problem. I don't have a purpose. Well, let me tell you something. God has a purpose for you. You say, no, I, I, I'm just, I, I'm just a, you know, another man. There, there's billions of us. God don't know me. God don't know anything about me. That's where you're wrong. He said to Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And I ordained you to be a prophet. Now I want you to listen to me on the back row. I want every man in this room listening. If the devil has told you that God doesn't love you extravagantly, that's what the Bible says, extravagantly, and that he's not just standing right there waiting for you to wake up and turn to the right tower, he's the right tower. And you're missing it. When I got here today, I passed over that Atchafalaya Basin, coming from Baton Rouge. I thought about this. You know, they say evolution is, is you know, we're all just monkeys. We're primates. We just have one more layer of brain cells than monkeys and all that kind of stuff. And, they, you know, we're exactly like them. Well, what I want to know is why did all monkeys not turn into humans? Come on now, somebody. I don't know. But I'm, I'm going to ask you this question. I know, I, I know better than that, but let, let, let's, just, let's just ask this. If order produces order. It, you can't have something ordered unless there's an ordered mind. That fishing pole that we just gave away, you think that if I if I cross from Baton Rouge to Lafayette, how many years would I have to look over in that swamp for a laptop computer like this to come floating up from the bottom? Or even that fishing pole. And of course somebody could have dropped the fishing pole, it could have floated up, but I'm talking about if this laptop came floating up out of the goo, like we could say from the goo to you by way of the zoo. Do you really believe that? See, this came from somebody that had an ordered mind. God looks at you and he says, I love you. I made you. I got a great purpose for you. You may be addicted to a substance tonight and you're, you're drowning your anxiety every time you get nervous, every time you get depressed, every time you're, you're drowning and you don't have any purpose. Just get up, go to sleep. Get up, go to sleep. There's more. There's more. The extravagant love of God. And then the second thing he said, the secret of restoration is, is the amazing grace of Jesus. Now God loves you, but he's in heaven. How's he going to get that love to you? I mean, he can fill the whole universe, but he, he, he can't get it to you without someone coming and telling you he loves you. And that was Jesus. He was sitting by the right hand of God the Father, and the Father says, Son, I want you to go to that sin-cursed, dark world down there where people are killing each other and destroying that world. And 
I want you to go down there and I want you to tell them I love them. And I want you to die for them. He said, yes, Father. He left that beauty up there. He came down, born of Mary, the virgin. He, he then was raised in Nazareth as a little boy, a carpenter. He lived his whole life there till 30. And then one day the Lord said, it's time. And he went and got baptized by John. He went in the desert. He, he heard the Holy Spirit. He faced the devil's temptations. Then he went for three years healing people everywhere. And then the Lord said, it's time. And then he went to Jerusalem, washed his disciples' feet, goes into the Garden of Gethsemane. And the Father said to him, it's time, son. This is the time. You're going to show them my love. You're going to, and we call that grace. Love that is in action is grace. And you know the rest of the story. Pilate, Herod, Pilate, whipping post, crown of thorns, and then cross. And he gets nailed to that cross and he hung six hours on that cross. And I saw a video of, of two athletes in gym shorts and t-shirt, big old college athletes, and they put them on a and they wrapped their arms in rope, no nails, just to see, and they put leads on for electrocardiogram and stuff, just to see what happens when somebody just hangs on a cross. Do you know how long those guys lasted? 15 minutes. They begged to come down. They begged. You can see it on YouTube or somewhere. It's a video, and they begged to come down. Jesus was nailed, his feet in his hands, six hours. And one of the thieves on the cross, he looks over and he says, he said, have mercy on me. He said, he said, forgive him, Lord, forgive them. They know not what they do. Said that of the whole crowd. This is grace. This is grace. Then he rose from the dead and he's there tonight, seated at the right hand of the father. And his first prayer was, father, send the Holy Spirit back to the earth. And that's the third secret of restoration is the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. You know, he's a real person. He lives in me. And if you know Jesus Christ, He comes to live in you and He's strong. He's powerful. That's who Jesus healed the sick with. That's who Jesus cast out demons with. That's who Jesus raised the dead with, was the Holy Spirit. And he lives in me every day I talk to Him. I ask Him to guide me, lead me, direct me. So now we got three secrets of restoration. we got covenant love. God so loved you. We got grace, that's forgiveness, and we just got this third one. We got fellowship or friendship where we can talk to the Holy Spirit. I believe if you use those three secrets, you can heal any relationship in your life. I'm going to put up my bullseye. Just, just give me five more minutes, six more minutes. Now I'm going to coach you a little bit. Apply those three principles to the bullseye. That's the relationship bullseye. That's an Olympic bullseye target right there. Gold, red, blue, black, and white. If you're an Olympic archer, you're going to look down at that target. And you're going to try to hit the goal. What does the goal represent in relationships? The goal represents God. He's the bullseye. Hey, every other relationship in your life takes energy out of you. You have a relationship with God is the only relationship that puts energy into you. Everybody else has to motivate you to do what you don't want to do. God inspires you and pulls the good things out of you. Motivation pushes. Inspiration pulls out.
That's God. Every morning I spend time with Him. I read the Word. You can do that. 15 minutes a day, you can read the whole Bible in one year. Amazing. Get the one-year Bible. And just start reading through it a little bit at a time. You say, I don't understand it. It don't matter. You can understand enough. That it's going to help you. And get, get with the Lord. And if you know the Lord's Prayer, quote the Lord's Prayer. Quote it slow. If you know the prayer of Jabez, quote it slow. Bless me indeed. Enlarge my territory and so forth. So you have time with God. And, and remember, I just told you how to, how to know him. Then here's, here's my second relationship. That's my spouse. If you're having marriage problems today, apply those same three words to a broken marriage. Number one, what was the first word? Love. Extravagant love. That's covenant love. That means you're going to love her even when she burns the biscuits. You're going to love her. It's a covenant. You go to the front of the church and say, I promise to love you in sickness and health and 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 and, 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 tea, and T-bone steaks and no, that, 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 that. it's not none of that. It's just it's just I promise to love you. It's a covenant. Now, women are not easy to understand sometimes. I heard a friend that, you know, his wife went on a trip to Europe. And she's over there and she called him every day, he lived in Denver. She said, hey, how's everything going? And he was saying, it's great. He said, oh, there's just one thing. He said, your cat died. She dropped the phone. He heard her scream. She's wailing. She picks up the phone. She's wailing. She said, why did you tell me that my cat died? He said, well, what was I supposed to do? Your cat died. She said, you could have told me the cat got up on the roof. And then when I flew to London, she said, you've ruined my whole trip. When I got to London, you could have said it got in a tree. I can't get it down. When I got to New York, you could have said the cat fell out of the tree and I brought it to the vet. And when I got back to Denver, you could have put your arms around me and kissed me. And you could have said, sweetheart, your cat has, has died. He said, I'm sorry, I didn't know the protocol I should follow. And then she said, by the way, how's my mama? He said, she's up on the roof. I mean, women ain't the easiest things to get to get, get to know. See, I don't, I don't even see any women. So, come on, clap your hands if you believe that. Oh, come on, Lafayette. They're not the easiest things to know. Well, let me tell you something. Same three principles work. You love her with the covenant love. You forgive her. That's grace. You need forgiveness. She needs forgiveness. And third, you fellowship with her. Intimacy. You fellowship with her. You take walks with her. You eat breakfast with her. You sit in your chairs. We sit 30, 40 minutes, first of every day, just talking. Then we walk. Then we eat breakfast. We, it, I'm going on a vacation with her uh, Monday. We're going we're gonna to go find some leaves somewhere, turn them red or something. But I just, I just want to have some intimate fellowship and friendship. But you can't have the third thing if you don't unconditionally love her and you don't continually forgive her. You can never have that intimate friendship. And then another thing that showed me is children. That's my next circle. I learned about kids. I have six children. Everybody say, help him, Lord. All six of them serve the Lord and are in the ministry with us. What a blessing. And I have five sons and a daughter. Now I have 14 grandchildren. Really say, help him, Lord, right there. 
I mean, we're not just pro-life. We're prolific, brother. That's what I'm talking about. But you know what? I've watched parents with their kids. It's heartbreaking. When them kids get away from you, man, it is, it drive you crazy. I had one of mine get away from the Lord and got away from us. I mean, way away. Five years. Longest years of my life. We never knew what he would get into. We never knew. And that's when I had to learn the three principles right there. Number one is show the kids love. And the way a kid perceives love is two ways. Number one, affirmation. When I tell the child, I love you and I'm proud of you, they get it. Many of you have never said that to your child. Not one time. Most guys in prison will tell you they either had no father or never had a father tell them they love them and are proud of them. I told mine every day, I love you and I'm proud of you. The whole time they were alive. And then, quality time. They perceive love as quality time. I heard about a man that just read the paper all day, all day, and his little boy tried to get him to come throw a ball with me. He wouldn't do it. And he saw a little hand come onto the paper with a, a quarter, and, and he picked up the quarter. He said, what's this? He said, is that enough to buy one hour of your time? And then they're going to need grace. This boy, I told you, got away from God. Oh my goodness. He needed a lot of grace. But can I tell you, God brought him all the way back. That prodigal son really got away from his father in the Bible, didn't he? But that father loved him, forgave him, fell on his neck, and then fellowship. We had a family night every week. You should have a family night. You should have intimate friendship with your kids. Let me give you number four quickly, and that's a small group. I want to, I want to give a shout out to the men's small groups in this church. Do we have any guys in this room that lead a small group for men? Come on, raise up your hand. Any, anybody out right there? They are back there. Come on, give them a hand clap. That's right. We got some small groups. And I, Model Man is written for small groups. And, and you know, I think men say, why do I need a small group, man? What, what, what do I need a small group? Well, you do a small group when you play golf. You gotta force them. You meet the same four guys every week. That's a small group. You can have prayer before it, afterward. You can read something. You can, I've seen guys up against their pickup truck in the woods, got their shotguns, they're going over the video of Model Man, and they pray before they go in there, and the Lord calls a few deer home. I mean, that's what they do. It's a small group. A small group is not a meeting. It's not a meal. It's a set of relationships. I heard about a man in Dallas who fell in love, he thought, with a woman on the internet left his wife. His three buddies were in a small group with him. And they got to the wife's house. She called all three of them and said, where is he? She said, I don't know, but I found this woman's name on the internet in Boston. Those three guys took work time off, flew to Boston, prayed, God, help us find our friend. That's a big city. They went across the street to a pizza hut to get lunch. When they walked in the pizza hut, the man was sitting there with the woman. The odds of that are impossible. They surrounded his table and said, come on, man, let's go home. He was so astonished. He got up. He went with them. He flew home. They stayed with him. They had his back. They loved him. They restored him. It's been 10 years now. He's still restored to his wife. 
Yeah, when you're facing this way, you need somebody got your back looking the other way. And maybe another guy looking that way, another guy looking that way. All you need is about three Christian friends. The reason you don't make it serving God is you're trying to do it like that St. Francisville car wash called the car wash by yourself. Can't do that. Here's the last one. Extended family. Same three principles. You got love unconditionally. You got to forgive when they mess up. And then you got to spend time with them. And you know, I know you got uncles and aunts and cousins and in laws and outlaws and parents, and you got people everywhere. And you got relationships that are broken with this one. You can't go to Christmas because they're going to be there. That all just needs to end. When you stand over their dead body, you're looking down in that coffin, you think, now that was the stupidest thing I ever did. Maybe it's over an inheritance, a coffee mug, something ridiculous. But you need to remember those three principles, the love of God. He loves you unconditionally. You're going to have to love your extended family and your neighbors. I had a, told him Sunday, I preached here about a Muslim guy moved in next to me, the only Muslim in Baker, Louisiana. And he wouldn't see anybody in the neighborhood for three years till the flood came two years ago. He flooded. And, and my boys, I was gone, but they went and rescued his family. And we fixed his hot water heater, air conditioner, all that stuff. And he was so thankful. He said, I want to pay you money. I said, I don't need any money, man. You're my neighbor. I love you. He's from Yemen. Police were tracking him. They think he's a terrorist. He's not. But I said, I love you. He looked at me. Let me, let me tell you, we can change America. And I don't care what the color of your skin is or what political party you are or whether you're blue-collar, white-collar, college graduate or, or elementary graduate. I, n- none of that matters to me. I love you. And I'll lay down my life for you. I love you. And then I forgive you. When you hurt me, when you speak against me, Not because I'm so great, because of what Jesus did on the cross when He forgave me. I can forgive you. And then I want to spend time with you. You're worth it. And there's a man in here, you've been thinking of yourself as a piece of trash that's ready to be thrown away. I'm glad I didn't throw that watch away. I still got it. I laugh every time I pick it up. I said, dude, you don't know how close you came. To Devil's Swamp. That's where all garbage goes in Baton You don't know. You know what? You don't know how close you came at times and God spared your life. Just to get you here to this wild game cookout to hear a little message that says, I love you. God says, I love you extravagantly. And Jesus said, yeah, I love you too. I'm coming to earth. I'm going to live 33 years and I'm going to die for you. And the Holy Spirit says, I'll be your friend. I'll be your constant companion. I'll help you make it all the way to heaven. Now I want you to close your eyes. I'm done. I told you it's about 20 minutes. I was going to be done. But if you're in the service tonight and you know God's talking to you. If you died in the night tonight, nobody knows the condition of their ticker inside. Nobody knows what can happen in the night. We just have to be ready when we close our eyes at night. And if you say to me, I'm not. I'm not ready. I've never surrendered my life. 
to the Lord. I got my boat, man. I got a great job. I finally got that house. It's all going to be gone the moment you die. Come with me to that moment. And I want you to see God saying, yeah, I love you. Jesus saying, I died for you. And the Holy Spirit saying, I'll be with you. As I look around this room, I can't see every direction at once. But here's what I want you to do. I want every head to be bowed. Nobody looking. But if that's you and you would say, Pastor, include me. In just a simple prayer of surrender. I'm going to turn from the wrong tower. And in my heart, I'm going to turn to the right tower. That's all you got to do to be saved. You don't have to get religious. Go to some church. All you got to do is just say, I'm facing the wrong direction. I'm picking up signals from a completely foreign place. And I want to turn to the tower, the cross. And I want to receive my forgiveness. I want all my sins gone. Nobody's looking. Not one man in this room is looking. We're all doing business with God. But if that's you and you would say, Pastor Larry, include me in that prayer. Here's what I want you to do. Without hesitation, I want you to slip your hand up toward God in heaven right now. Hold it up high really quick. I see so many hands there. Maybe 50 hands in that one section. 40 in this section. 40 in that section. I, I bet there's 150, 180, maybe even 200 hands up in the air right now. In Lafayette. Put your hands down. All you're going to do is turn to the towel. The tower's the cross. Jesus is speaking to you from the empty cross. He's saying, I did that for you. Now look up. If you want the Lord, just look up. With your eyes still closed. And every man in this room, I want you to pray this prayer. Say, Jesus. Say it louder. Say, Jesus. Tonight I turn my life around. I turn away from the wrong signal. The wrong friends. The wrong habits. Even the wrong hobbies. And I turn to you. Your great love. Your amazing grace. And your intimate friendship. I receive life. Thank you, Lord. You know what would be great? I'm left-handed. I, I like to put up one hand. If I was in a schoolroom and I knew the answer, I'd hold up my left hand. Not if you're right-handed, you use your right hand, left hand. I just want you, if you know that you just you just prayed that prayer and you just asked the Lord to come into your life, I want you to act like a kid in the classroom and you know the answer now. You've turned to the tower. God has touched you. Put that one hand up high. Nobody's looking. Just put that hand up high. It might be every man in this room holding that hand up high. Let me pray for you. So many guys. Father, thank you for the food. It was awesome. Thank you for these gifts that are being given out. That's just like you're doing with this eternal life right now. And Lord, I just thank you that men from every church and every neighborhood and every little hamlet around Lafayette are here tonight, even our sheriff and chief of police and all of the people. And I ask you to bless every man who made a commitment to you tonight to turn to the right tower. Bless that we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, come on, guys, I love you. God bless you. Clap your hands for the Lord.